Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right, this is part four of the Crushed Message series, which is all about how we can navigate the pressures and demands of living in a digital world. Now, these are pressures that all of us deal with, and today we're going to talk about one of the biggest and maybe most controversial pressures, and that's this. How do I know what's true and what's not? This is a big deal because we're all affected by it. We live in a world where a large percentage of people will believe a social media post over a mainstream news organization. A recent survey actually showed that teenagers are more likely to believe what a YouTube video or personality says over a reputable news organization, or even their own parents. A well-designed, professional-looking post or video can literally say anything and look completely credible. So a few years ago, a comedy site called The Babylon Bee, they posted a satire post about a huge church that was baptizing people by going down a water slide. It was totally fake, just as a joke. And it came complete with this really realistic, but Photoshopped image. People who knew the Babylon Bee was a satire site, they thought it was hilarious. But there were people who didn't know it was a joke, and they shared it, and they commented about it all over social media. And it got posted and reposted by outraged Christians who believed it and thought that this church was making a mockery of baptism. People flipped out over something that was completely false and not even intended to be seen as true. How do we know what's true, especially on the internet? To get to the heart of that question, we need to acknowledge three things, I think, about the truth and really about ourselves. And the first thing we need to acknowledge is that people believe a lot of things that aren't true. And I think we want to believe them. I can back this up with receipts, okay? So, so follow me. How about this? True or false? Camels store water in their humps. I mean, they live in the desert. It's so they don't get dehydrated, right? Wrong. A camel's humps store fat, not water. The stored fat serves as a substitute for food when they're traveling long distances and there aren't a ton of resources available. Here's another one. True or false? A penny dropped from the top of the Empire State Building can kill somebody. You've heard that, right? False. A penny traveling at terminal velocity, which is the fastest something falling will ever go, it won't cause serious damage to a person, even at the speed of sound. And it will still not damage human flesh. At most, it's just going to sting a little bit. Okay, finally, true or false, hair and fingernails continue to grow after death. Conventional wisdom says that this is weird, but true, right? Ain't wrong. Totally false. Nerve cells die within minutes, which makes growth impossible. However, the skin around the hair and fingernails, it retracts after death because it dries out, which makes it look like hair and fingernails are growing, even when they're not. See, people believe a lot of things that aren't true. But I mean, what's the big deal? These facts may not be true, but you have to admit they're kind of fun. The problem is the second thing that we need to acknowledge about the truth in ourselves. And that's that people can get hurt when we believe things that aren't true. 
There was another fun but false fact that was going around in the early 1900s, and it was this, that radiation is good for you. People straight up bought and used radioactive things. They bought pendants and radioactive blankets, makeup, cosmetics. People even drank radioactive water because they thought it had healing properties. One well-known business guy named Evan Byers, he claimed to drink three bottles of radioactive water every day. When he died, the Wall Street Journal wrote this headline about him. The radium water worked fine until his jaw came off. There are things that people believe that can cause them to hurt themselves or even to hurt other people. In 2016, a man drove to a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C., armed with multiple guns, including an assault-style rifle, because he believed a rumor about a conspiracy that they were trafficking children out of the basement of this pizza restaurant. He busted in, and he opened fire on families who were eating pizza, looking for the basement where he thought there were going to be children to save. It's a miracle that no one was hurt, because not only did he not find any trafficked children, but the building didn't even have a basement. The only children hurt in that story were his children, who lost their dad when he was sentenced to four years in prison for acting on a conspiracy, on a belief in something that wasn't true. Isaiah 8, 11 through 12 says this. This is gonna be a, an unfamiliar verse, but it's interesting. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Now, I like a good conspiracy as much as the next guy. You have no idea how much I want aliens and UFOs to be real, no joke. But conspiracy thinking is not God thinking. Conspiracy thinking may be some of the most damaging to the truth because of what it's rooted in, and that's fear. When we dwell on and focus on what we're afraid of, it makes us susceptible to believing things that aren't true, and real people can get hurt. So we're acknowledging that people believe a lot of things that aren't true. We have to acknowledge that some of those beliefs can be harmful. And the third thing that we need to acknowledge about the truth and about ourselves is that, that God wants us to value the truth. I mean, this should come as no surprise, but God likes what's true, and he isn't a big fan of things that aren't. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4.8, to fix your thoughts on what is true. <clears throat> so it's important to God that we both know what is true and that we're fixated on what's true. And, and check out how he feels about things that aren't true. Proverbs 12.22 says that the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. That's strong. I mean, if you lie, God may not hate you, but he says he hates your dumb, stupid, lying lips. That's strong language, but it shows how God feels about the truth. In part one of Crushed, we heard about how Jesus taught that what we think about fills us up. It's why it's so important that we live intentionally and don't just get lost in the scroll of our phones all the time. But in that, he said something that I think is straight up chilling. And in Matthew 6, 23, Jesus said this, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. 
Check this out. There are people, even Christians, who believe things that aren't true, but they think they are true. And to put it the way Jesus did, there are people, even Christians, who hold tightly to what they think is light, but it's actually darkness. And the worst part is when we think that our darkness is light, Jesus says that's some deep, deep darkness. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about you or me. I mean, clearly everything we believe is true, right? So I'm talking about someone you know, someone I know. So stick with me so that we can help them. Because the question remains, how do I know what's true and what isn't? Jesus gives us the answer in John chapter 10. And in verse 2, he says that he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Here's what Jesus is saying. Sheep follow their shepherd because they know his voice, and his voice is the most important voice in their lives. So it doesn't matter who's trying to direct them or trying to lead them, they follow the voice that they listen to the most. Here's the thing, to know what's true, we need to listen to the voice of the one who is true. As we draw closer to Jesus, and listen more intently and intentionally to his voice, making his voice the loudest voice in our lives, it's then that we'll be able to know more clearly what's true and what isn't. Why? Because Jesus is truth. But don't take my word for it. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His words. And then earlier in the book of John, in John chapter 1, verse 17, it says this, that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. If you are looking for truth, it's in one place. Or one person, to be more precise, Jesus. If you have a close relationship with Jesus, you will have a close relationship with the truth. Now let me say that again because it's good. If you have a close relationship with Jesus, you will have a close relationship with the truth. And that's great news because John 8, 31 through 32, in there Jesus says this, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's the truth that sets us free. Now, the more practical-minded person might be thinking that, you know, this is great, Chris, but Jesus isn't going to fact-check for me, right? He's not standing over my shoulder, you know, telling me if a specific post on Facebook is true or not. And that's true. Having a close relationship with Jesus, it won't make you a human lie detector. But when Jesus is your shepherd, he gives you two things. He gives you discernment and he gives you margin. First, discernment. Discernment is a gift from the Holy Spirit that enables us to understand what's true and right. It's a spiritual gift that's available to all Jesus followers. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, he says this, that it is my prayer 
that your love may abound more and more and with knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless. Discernment is important. Discernment is when the Holy Spirit leads us to approve, to know what is excellent, to, to approve of what is good and what is right, to make the right choices. And discernment is developed in our life as we follow Jesus. The second thing that we get when Jesus is our shepherd is margin. Now, margin is that extra space at the edge of the page where lines stop, right? You write on the lines, but you don't write in the margin. It's just space where no writing goes. It keeps us from writing off the edge of the paper and onto the table. It gives us cushion. When Jesus's voice is the main voice, the way he called us to live, it then gives us margin, cushion. When we're unsure of what's true and what isn't, the principles that he has given us to live life give us margin. For example, I may be tempted to throw a penny off the Empire State Building to prove that it won't kill anyone, because I think that's true. But Jesus told me to love my neighbor. That principle gives me margin because it supersedes what might be true and reduces my need to debate the facts of a situation and instead to focus on the spiritual priority I have to love other people. When it's hard to know what's true and what isn't, Jesus' command to love others, it gives us margin, extra space to do the right thing when there's uncertainty. You see, love gives me margin when I'm not sure if masks are as effective as people say they are because Jesus' command to love my neighbor supersedes what I think. Humility gives me margin because even if I'm always right and know everything, which I, I do, humility forces me to live as if I don't know everything for the good of other people. Self-control gives me margin because when I'm tempted to crush someone who believes something that isn't true with a slam dunk, slam dunk argument on Facebook, I can pause and remember that God loves them and he wants me to love them too. Hope gives me margin because when the truth is discouraging, I can remember that God is for me, so who can be against me? Patience gives me margin because when I'm confused and uncertain about what to believe, I know that Jesus said this in John 16, 13, that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So the question for us today is this, it's what voice are you listening to the most? Because that's who your shepherd is. And for you, is the voice you listen to most, is it, is it a news organization? Is it social media or a social media influencer? Is it a group or ideology that you like or agree with? Is it a political party or movement? Whatever and whoever it is, the voice you listen to the most is the shepherd you are following. And that shepherd may not be leading you to what's true. But when you listen to Jesus' voice, when you make him your shepherd, you can know he's leading you into the truth because he is truth. And all the outcomes he wants in your life are rooted in what's true. So let's be a people of truth, amplifying the gospel of truth as we follow the God of truth. I can't wait to see you next time for the last message in Crushed. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, 
www.compassbn.com.